The battle for Ukraine is raising some interesting new political alignments that I'm still trying to get my head wrapped around. I'm Bill Shireman, and this is a moment of BS, a podcast that disrupts the dividers and gives voice to the silenced supermajority, the 70% of us who, when we get together and talk, learn that our ideas are not so much contradictory, but complementary. The Republican and Democratic parties have switched sides in this battle. The pacifists are within the Republican Party, often MAGA members of the party, who believe that the United States should stay away from Ukraine, that it's a territorial conflict, and that in any event, it's playing with fire. I understand their concerns. The more I look at this, the more I think that Russia and China are playing us and that they're playing chess while we're playing checkers. Let's look at where Democrats are on this issue. They strongly support spending on the war in Ukraine. They see it as finally a war for ethical purposes, in defense of freedom, in opposition to oppression. And to Democrats, war feels right in this situation. I agree with them. But one thing that Democrats often don't understand, and that at least Republican intellectuals tend to understand, is that the best approach to war is to win it without bombs, without weapons, at least on your side, and if possible, motivate your adversary to spend all their money and use all their weapons before you take charge. We'd better get a handle on this, because 15 years ago, China had 100 nuclear warheads compared to our 1,500. Today, the Chinese have 1,500 of their own warheads, and they are new and ready to go, while ours are decades old and haven't been tested in real conditions for decades. If I were China and I had aims at global hegemony, I would take every opportunity to empty the American arsenal. And from their perspective, that may be what we're doing in the Ukraine. However, it is in our interest and in the world's interest, and certainly in democracy's interest, that we deliver a clear defeat to Russia and the authoritarians in this battle. We win if China recognizes that taking Taiwan could be cataclysmic for them. We lose if they orchestrate their alliance with Russia to weaken us and to create an opening for them to take Taiwan quickly. The way to avoid this is to look back to another war that had broad support, the other good war, the Gulf War that began on January 17, 1991, during the administration of the first President George Bush, when Iraqi forces invaded neighboring Kuwait and refused to withdraw. The first President Bush did something very wise in that war. He followed a doctrine put forth by the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Colin Powell. What came to be known as the Powell Doctrine led to a successful outcome of that war that has eluded us in every war we have fought since and could now elude us in the Ukraine. Here's the situation that General Powell faced. Iraqi leader Saddam Hussein in 1991 was determined to become the most powerful leader in the Middle East, and the way to do that was to control oil. He first took his small neighbor, Kuwait, and waited for the world's reaction. His next objective, it was believed at the time, was Saudi Arabia. In Kuwait, he positioned his troops eight-tenths of a mile from the Saudi border and amassed them at the border. 
President Bush's intelligence and national security team told the president that the Iraqis were poised to take over Saudi Arabia and with it command the second and third largest proven oil reserves in the world with the fourth largest army in the world. That would have put Iraq in control of virtually half the world's oil. The Saudis recognized the threat and agreed in an unprecedented mood to allow America to station a half million troops inside Saudi Arabia on the border with Kuwait. To liberate Kuwait and, by the way, preserve access to all that oil, General Colin Powell was put in charge. His strategy was the most successful military strategy applied by an American force since World War II. The doctrine he applied was that of overwhelming force. Rather than simply defeating the Iraqi army over a prolonged period, Powell brought in the full force of America's arsenal on day one. Those forces routed the Iraqis and within 48 hours returned Kuwait's sovereignty and protected the border with Saudi Arabia. Now, those nations are hardly models of human rights, but the implications to human rights, economic prosperity, environmental protection, and just about everything else we care about would have been profoundly damaged if Saddam Hussein had realized his goal. The problem with any military victory is that it can lead to more and less careful use of military power in the future. And that's exactly what happened when the second President Bush tried to, quote, finish, unquote, the job that his father had started. Instead of humiliating Saddam Hussein and rendering his country powerless, this time we defeated him and adopted his nation for a new experiment in creating a democracy from scratch. That experiment failed recruited more terrorists around the world, led to another failed war in Afghanistan, and opened the door for our current stalemate between Russia and the Ukraine. President Biden has been resolute in his support of the Ukraine, but we and our allies have been too timid in the exercise of our power to quickly put an end to the war, and likely to the presidency of Vladimir Putin. We ought not get stuck in another battle of attrition. We ought to apply the Powell Doctrine quickly to end the war and reduce both Russia's and China's appetite for global acquisition. And that is a conclusion that I come to with complete understanding that this is a complex situation, and I may well be wrong. In fact, I certainly am wrong. I just don't know what percentage of wrong I am. So tell me what you think, and know that this is not BS, but I am, and I look forward to your comments.